1: On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, we take a little drive over to the Paramount Fine Food Center in Mississauga and talk all about Raptors 905. Of course, Grady Dick is down there right now, had himself a bit of a bounce back game last night. If 5 of 21 counts as a bounce back, we'll also talk about the general state of Raptors 905 and the pipeline, the two-way guys. It's all coming up with Big V, Vivek Jacob, Mississauga's finest Coming up, let's get to it. Oh, like, cause when I shot, it, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot trying kind to of miss. So. You are Locked On
2: Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: on and welcome to another episode of On raptors part of the lockdown podcast network your team Every day it is Tuesday, November the 28th and I'm your host Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the website that don't work so good. At Woodley Sean, you can find the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors and of course come hang out in the Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's free to join and it's a great little community we got building around the show. You can keep tabs in the Lockdown Raptors fantasy league if you're into that. There's plenty of video game talk in there, sports collectibles, cards, etc., etc there's a little flavor for everybody in the Locked On Raptors Discord. So come and hang out. We'd love to see you join our little family of sickos. Uh, also, a reminder, you can find the show for free wherever you get your podcasts on all the audio apps and on YouTube, of course, in video form each and every day. You can hit the little notification bell when you subscribe on YouTube and get a heads up every single time an episode's about to premiere so you never miss me and my guests, mostly my guests. You can miss me. It's fine. Uh, but anyway, let's get to it. Uh, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets when any with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com/slash locked on to get started and we will get started by bringing in today's guests as I mentioned I don't hope I didn't accidentally uh you know do, do, do like stolen valor or fake claim of Mississauga's finest you're a Mississauga man's right yes I Jacob am. is here what's up I was very happy to hear that <laughs> excellent excellent I was glad I I, I almost had Lizette shawarma as uh Mississauga's finest but I figured I could give it to a person instead of a restaurant uh I <laughs> love it Love it. Shout out Lizette what Dixie and oh god yeah that's it oh man see you know you know the spots mississauga's (laughs) finest knows the spots all right big v we're talking mississauga because we're talking raptors 905 today you were at the game last night against the capital city go-go hamadou diallo's capital city go-go as raptors 905 fell to 0 and 8 on season. It's not been a banner start for Eric Curry and Raptors 905. There have been injuries. There's been all sorts of stuff, but of course we should start by talking about Grady Dick, big V, because uh, Grady Dick is down there with Raptors 905 right now, assigned over the weekend. One of the bigger news items from the weekend, we didn't really cover on yesterday's show, but it's a thing. I, I guess we'll start here. What was your reaction to Grady Dick getting the assignment for Raptors 905? It seems like uh, you know, he-, he was kind of on the way out of the rotation for Darko Ryakovich. Uh, do you think it was a good call to send him to the 905? Would you rather have seen him kind of work through his issues at the NBA level? How are you feeling about Grady Dick getting the assignment down to Mississauga? I, I felt good about it. I thought it was something that worked out well with the timing where you're able to get
2: him two home games for the 9.05 with plenty of reps, plenty of minutes, as opposed to you know a trip to Cleveland where maybe he doesn't really get to play that much. right? Uh, and so I think the opportunity to play was big. Um, we'll see if he ends up sticking around for the nine Oh five game on Friday as well. That'll be at Scotiabank arena. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important for him to get this run, especially with the way he's been struggling with his shot. Um, and, you know, just kind of fuel the confidence, maybe, you know, figure some things out at still, you know, a, a high professional level, um, and that he can bring back. And that's what, especially, you know, if I were to look at the first game he had, and even the first half of this second game, I thought he was a bit too passive. I thought that he was almost trying to fit in way too much. And and I thought that second half of the second game was very much, hey, if I'm going down, I'm going to go down swinging. And uh, he was trying to make things happen defensively, uh, really attacked the glass, uh, offensively was really looking for his shot was really looking to attack off the bounce. And it was very much like, hey, I'm supposed to be the best guy on the floor here let me play Mm -hmm. like it or at least try to play like it and so even though he finished uh the night five for 21 um I do like the intent uh that he showed um obviously got to the line a bunch um like even with the free throws uh they're they're almost like a little bit misleading because in the G League you have the make one for two points Sure, and and so he actually got uh to the line a bit more than even the seven for seven suggests. So uh that shows you know the attacking intent that he had, and I think uh you know there's little teachable moments within this as well. Uh, so for example, uh, I spoke to Eric Curry after the game uh, about you know what kind of changed in that second half, and uh, Eric Curry was talking about how at halftime it kind of went over how Hamidou Diallo was defending him and how you know he can make some adjustments to that um and you know kind of uh be an off-ball screener uh and then you know kind of move around uh you know kind of get involved uh on ball and then relocate and so those are little things that you're learning in game in moments uh that maybe you know you wouldn't even get the reps at the NBA level to learn from again someone who has played uh at the NBA level in Amadou Diallo Mm-hmm. Um, and at times has proven pretty capable. So uh, I think from that standpoint, it was very important for him to get this run. I know I went on for quite a while there.
1: No, man, I mean, you're you're there. You give me the expert look. I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, ultimately, look, I have been pretty kind of on the side of I'd rather just see Grady Dick get NBA reps and kind of learn the speed of the game in the role that he's going to occupy in the NBA, which is as kind of like a, an off ball fourth or fifth option, who is just this awesome, awesome release valve. You can run stuff with him in dribble handoffs and all this type of stuff, but if he's not going to get the minutes. If he's not, you know, warranting the minutes with his three point shooting, which he certainly has not been, then the 905 makes more sense. Obviously you'd rather have him getting into games as opposed to just getting DNP CDs every night. So uh, no issues with him going down, I, you know, ultimately too. I know there's a lot of concern about Grady Dick. There's a lot of looking around and, oh, Jordan Hawkins looks good. and Oh, Keontae George looks good. Oh, my God. Did the Raptors screw up? Uh, Just like chill, man, I I think is kind of like my general feeling on the whole Grady Dick thing right now. He just turned 20 years old. He began the year as a teenager. And everyone knew there was going to be, I think, like a physical obstacle to climb for Grady Dick to kind of get accustomed to the NBA physicality, the NBA speed. That's a thing Darko Ariakovich just talked about a lot. And I'm just like, if the thing that's not working for him is the thing that was the thing he got drafted for, I feel pretty all right about him figuring it out. And you kind of talked about it there. Just like the, the very simple thing of, hey, halftime, I can kind of make some adjustments to how I'm approaching this game. Like that speaks to, I think, the thing that makes me feel very good about Grady Dick, which is the dude knows how to play basketball. He understands... The intricacies of the game at a very high level. It's obvious. It jumps off the page, even when he's not hitting his shots. The way he times his, you know, forays for offensive rebounds. The way he moves off the ball and fills space, uh, and just kind of understands the concept of gravity and floor geometry. Like I'm gonna bet on guys who know how to play basketball, even if things are a little bit rough out of the gate um you know were you did you have any sort of other stray observations on grady dick here i, I think you know we, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of oh could they've drafted somebody else like no this dude was like projected as a top 10 pick he fell to 13 and he is exactly the type of player this team has been yearning for since the days of jason freaking capono um like anyone who can just be a high level you know catch and shoot marksman is going to be a huge asset on a team that employs scotty barnes as its best player going forward there's every possibility that grady dick kind of figures some things out the strut starts to fall and he's part of the rotation by you know mid-season right like i, I think the need for shooting on this roster is so dire and so uh, obvious most of the time that there will be opportunities for him to kind of get back in there when we've seen he's had a couple games where he's really popped and the grady dick effect has been like oh so this guy can do okay let's go giddy up um, I also look Am I rooting for him to get back in so we can start piling up threes made for our over-unders contest. Absolutely. I am uh, <laughs> Which by yeah. the way, I'm feeling very good about I, I keep saying this I'm gonna jinx it but I'm feeling all right right now Uh, okay. we're gonna I come be back. very happy for you to get your first win. Yeah, no one else will be everyone will be like uh, It'll be like very patronizing. I'm sure. Oh, congrats. Sean. You did it. Great job Uh Anyway, I'm not mad about it at all. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to get into the sort of bigger picture of the 905 and the reestablishing of the pipeline. The pipeline. Everyone's caring about the pipeline all the time. But first, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in all the land. And look, the weather is crappy. It's awful. It's cold. It's like snowing. There's wind chill. It's not pleasant out there right now. But as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And it's not just the NFL. I'm not a football fan. I don't really care about wagering on football, but... I can go if I want to put a little money on a basketball game or some baseball or some NHL futures whatever it might be it's all available over there at FanDuel for you to go and peruse with that uh, 150 bucks in bonus bets you get with that winning money line bet visit fanduel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season FanDuel official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On podcast network
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Okay, we continue on here. Big V, Vivek Jacob of Yahoo Sports, of Sportsnet, of uh, Mississauga, of course, is here. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. As always, if you haven't yet, go check out my weekend recap of the games against the Cavs and the Bulls. Last night, we'll have a recap tomorrow of raptors nets we'll have a recap the next day of raptors Suns. it's a busy busy week as the raptors uh continue in their stretch of eight games over 13 days uh but let's uh keep it on the 905 train right now big V. so this has been a long-standing thing i think really since the pandemic the the tampa season really seemed to be sort of the fracture point of Raptors 905 humming along, just churning out players for the the big club nonstop. And then the pandemic hits. This also coincides with the sort of post-championship tax coming due of not having a lot of draft picks and stuff to work with. And since then, it has felt like Raptors 905 has not exactly been the feeder to the big club that it used to be when the likes of Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell and even lesser guys like Malcolm Miller we're getting some run and contributing in some way, shape, or form to the NBA club. I feel like Dewan Hernandez is kind of like the guy that uh, kind of ended the run of <laughs> uh, picking up dudes off the scrap heap and turning them into players. So... I don't think it's quite as dire as it was back in the Tampa season, because nothing is. The world was hell. I mean, the world's still hell in different ways, but uh basketball-wise, the Raptors are a little bit more normal. They have the the standard 905 setup that are in Mississauga, Paramount Fine food Center, all that stuff. Um, and you would think that they could kind of maybe it was the back. name change. Maybe it was the name change. Damn you, Paramount Fine Foods and your hard to say arena name disgusting anyway uh <laughs> just sponsor the podcast if you want paramount fine foods i would not complain um but <laughs> it has been some time since we've seen that pipeline really churning out nba level talent the two ways have been up and down obviously jeff doubton jr uh kind of uh you know never really got a a foothold with the raptors jalen harris we saw that end prematurely et cetera. Et cetera. it's been a tough go here Do you think they're making progress? They're obviously 0-8 to start this season. It doesn't look good record-wise, but I'm curious kind of your read on the state of the 905 to Toronto pipeline as it stands right now.
2: Yeah, it, it just looks pretty murky. I think, you know, one of the concerns that the fan base probably has is when you think about the 905 big picture, you think of the Raptors seeming to have created this competitive advantage. And so, you know, in other areas where, you know, you wouldn't put them anywhere near (laughs) the top of, you know, free agency destinations, because obviously that has not played out that way. When you look at, uh, you know, obviously there is the Kawhi trade, but in general, that's not been uh, a huge method of success in terms of reeling in, you know, uh, talent. we look at dennis schroeder as now possibly you know the best free agent signing in raptors history <laughs> um, and so i think you had this competitive advantage through the 905 that was creating this roster depth that mm-hmm. was huge for the team and so now to have lost that or looks like you've lost it is really hurting the team right mm-hmm. and when we talk about uh, the bench struggles and all of that. It's like, man, where has that gone? And so, I think you look at the elements of success for the nine hundred five in the past. It was really having a great point guard, whether it was Fred VanVleet, Lorenzo Brown. You know, mm-hmm. th- those are the caliber guys that uh, that were there. um You know, I'd even throw. I mean, John Jordan never made it up to uh, the Raptors level, but when he was playing backup at that time. You know, behind Fred VanVleet and whatnot, like that was pretty solid. You had uh, Axel Tukon, who mm-hmm. uh, had a cup of coffee with a few NBA teams, um, and so I think you had that caliber of talent. We'll have to see this team, you know, with Marquise Noel healthy, with Justice Winslow healthy, uh, and see, you know, some wins on the board.
1: But obviously, at 0
2: and 8, it looks pretty ugly.
1: Yeah, and look, like the record of the nine hundred five team is not necessarily indicative of the development that's going on there, and they have been super injured. Marquise Noel, I think, and and you know, I think he's played a handful of games, you know, and he's kind of done the floor general point guard set dudes up type of thing. And I think there's a world in which Marquise Noel is just like an absolutely perfect lead guard for the nine hundred five to facilitate the development of other guys. I, I bet Grady Dick would be kind of having an easier time of it, for example, if he was working with Marquis Noel who we know is like a wizard of passing and angles and everything even though he is 5 foot 5 or whatever the hell he is um like it's just it's a thing that they don't have right now and that stinks like it's just hard to overcome that in the 905 in the G League where point guard play is really really essential to kind of getting everything on the same page um i also think like this is tough because yes the raptors Have this grand history of turning 905 players into NBA players, and it's a a thing they hang their hat on. I also think they uh, kind of like the worst thing that ever happened to the sort of reputation of the 905 was having two once in a generation development stories in the case of Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam go through the 905 at basically the same time. You're never going to match that. That was like unprecedented what the Raptors were able to pull off with those guys. And and with Norm Powell also kind of in there around the same time, I guess a year prior uh, to those guys really hitting, like it, it just, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And I know like the best teams will find a way The Miami heat keep on turning up players out of nowhere and all this stuff. But I think the combination of the Raptors kind of setting themselves at like the peak, like they were at the top of Everest in the very early days of the 905's exist- existence, and they also had like a competitive edge because they were one of the first teams to really understand what the 905 could do. Now everybody has a 905, 90- yeah, uh, has a G League team. Point. Everybody has, they're all competing for these same guys, and in any given year, you're going to get a handful of guys who go from the G League to regular contributing minutes in the NBA. It's, you know, plenty of guys will be back-end roster guys not very many are going to carve out regular roles with NBA teams that are you know, contributing to winning basketball. And the pool has just gotten so much wider and harder to kind of sift through because all these teams are after these guys. And I I think you have to have a little bit of grace, I think, just for the sheer math of it all that Raptors 905 no longer can take advantage of by simply not being there, like simply being there first, I guess is kind of um, the way I'd say this. So it's tough, right? Like you'd like to see them start to turn guys into NBA players, but it's also just like a thing that is a pretty low odds thing. Um, we can get into some of the two way guys and what guys have a shot here, but I'm also curious, you know, Oh, and eight, do you, Eric Corey's been the coach now. I think this is his third season um, running the show. Um, you know, second. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's it's a, it's a constantly kind of revolving thing. Guys come in and out. Jama was there before. Um, where you at with sort of the state of the coaching on Raptors nine hundred five? You know, there's only so much we can pull from just random drops into the into the G League. You know, we have, we don't watch what Eric Curry's doing all the time. You know, what his staff is doing all the time. We don't see them on the road interacting with players, etc., etc., etc. It all kind of happens under the radar. But what's your sort of general feeling on the coaching setup? Are they kind of is do you feel like there's synergy between the 905 coaching setup and the Raptors coaches like this is all a very sort of nuanced thing, but what's your sort of read on that right now?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, the Raptors have the Raptors 905 have um, an ideal head coach right now in Eric Mm -hmm. Corey. I mean, from what I've seen from him, he doesn't give me head coach vibes. Uh, (laughs) And I think even when I look at a game like yesterday, your team is and seven. Um, and even he had so much intensity in the second half, um, and really, you know, uh, you know, trying to yell out plays, trying to direct traffic, uh, on defense or like all those types of things. And he was so quiet in the first half. Right. And that's kind of just his personality. Sure. And that's part of why I say, I, I don't think he's a head coach quite yet anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that intensity should have been there right from the jump, right? Your team is 0-7. Like, the f- the first time I saw Eric Curry he- as a head coach in person, the first thing that st- stood out to me was, this is quite a few decibels lower than
1: Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even like Jama, who's just like so yeah. intensely positive all the time. Like, he yeah. just kind of commands the room, right? Yeah, and I think, yeah. uh, you know, Patrick Matombo brought really good value Mm -hmm. um to the uh,
2: 905 and i think the the way uh, that's who was between jama and eric that's right (laughs) yes exactly uh and i think you know he he was someone who was really trying to instill in those guys you know the value of you know committing to principles um and being really really disciplined and he was pretty demanding um Mm -hmm. and i think that is good at that level where you're pushing guys to say, hey, you know, you want the job that some of these guys coming down here have, right? Like, for example, when the capital city go-go are going up against Grady Dick, you can bet Hamadou Diallo is looking at him saying, <laughs> you got my job. <laughs> uh, and so I think they're trying to, inst- that's what Patrick was really trying to instill in those guys. Um, and he really invested in those guys. Like... One of the things Patrick told me was, you know, there's a bunch of guys that he's worked with that he texts almost every day to this day. And that's the type of relationship he he tries to build. Um, I think that's generally not Eric Curry's personality, Mm. but I can also understand why, you know, the Raptors front office saw this as an opportunity to just test him. Right. Sure. Because he had done exceedingly well within the organization to this point. It's obviously mm-hmm. something that he wanted to try. Um, And I think, you know, maybe he's just learning that this is maybe not his cup of tea.
1: <laughs> Look, man, that's the whole thing with head coaching, man. You don't really know how someone's going to do in the job until they do the job. It's sort of the, the unknowable, annoying thing about it all. Um, not to say Eric Corey can't turn things around, but yeah, O and8, you would assume that maybe some kind of change is on the horizon there as they uh, try to I, I guess, imprint the culture reset from top to bottom. Across the org, uh, we're going to come back into the side, get into the two way guys. Uh, J- Javon Freeman Liberty, Marquise Noel, Ron Harper Jr., Big Ron, uh, and dig into whether or not those guys have a shot at contributing at the NBA level this season. Javon Freeman Liberty, ah, Javon Freeman Liberty, that was just a mush way of saying it. 26 points last night on 9 17 back from injury um someone i quite like watching play basketball we'll talk noel we'll talk ron it's all coming up in just a second here but first got to tell you about our friends over at prize picks the single best place for you to go and play daily fantasy sports because it's it's as it should be it's not against some sort of shadow expert in a basement putting together a team with algorithms that you have no shot of competing with no it's you against the projections the way it should be all you got to do This pick two to six players on a given entry, whether they will get more or less than their prize picks projection in a given stat. It's simply that easy. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, you have a player who gets injured in the game in the first half and does not return in the second. That player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. For injuries, that's incredible. Go to prizepickscom slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom slash locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 with the code locked on NBA. Prizepix is daily fantasy made
3: easy. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and a lope at the county courthouse? That's a move. file with 100% accuracy, and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
1: Okay, closing out the show here. Big B Vivek Jacob is along as we dive into the two-way guys on Raptors 905 and whether they got a shot to chip in at the nba level this season we know that the nba team needs guard play pretty important they have a couple of guys who are doing a decent job with it right now but the fall off after that is severe uh let's start with javon freeman liberty because he to me is the guy that i kind of have circled of okay if there is going to be a success story here a guy who kind of chips in at the nba level and can be a, a sort of positive piece for this year's raptors team it seems to me like Javon Freeman Liberty kind of has the combination of skills that could allow that to happen for him. Uh, again, 26 last night, um, nine to seventeen, two of five from deep and you know we saw in the preseason he's got a kind of a bit of like a slick passing game to him he's got a little wiggle as like a downhill driver the three-point shooting is looking pretty promising um where you at with Javon Freeman-Liberty obviously he's been injured quite a bit he's only played a handful of games so far this year for the 905 um but to me he's kind of like the beacon of hope among 905 guys of uh, outside of Grady Dick obviously of kind of getting into the mix for the Raptors this season where are you at with JFL you're muted Oh, now you're unmuted. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't do that. You did that. No, no, <laughs> I certainly did that. That was all me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I definitely think, uh, you know, he's that scoring point guard type. Uh, and I think, uh, obviously, we, we see plenty of that in the NBA now. But uh, the Raptors are trying to get him to play point guard. And it's funny enough, Air uh, Curry talked about how at halftime, he told Javon Freeman Liberty to just be like, hey, forget about running plays. Like if you feel like you can break a guy down, mm-hmm. just go ahead and do your thing. Sure. And and I think his second half was way better than his first half. Um, I think uh you know, he says he's very proudful of his defense. Um, I think he could show a bit more pride. Uh, sure. I think there were times where whether it was him getting broken down a little bit uh or even like plays on the offensive end where he felt like he didn't get a call or whatever i thought there was just a bit too much complaining um there was one play where he was kind of defending off ball and he was just kind of going at the ref the entire defensive possession Mm -hmm. and i was like that can't happen um and some of that again you know your coach has to hold you accountable too and so, uh, I, I think those are little things that I would like to see him improve. Um, again, you know, when he got broken down, he seemed to just like, just let the go uh, guy go and there was no attempt at a recovery or any of that stuff. Uh, so I think that's where he has room for improvement for sure. Um, offensively, I think, uh, you know, he doesn't have that natural point guard, uh, mindset of like mm-hmm. hey how do i get a team in order how do i orchestrate the offense that type of thing and so trigger man yeah uh, and so i think that's what cory recognized too and so credit to him for recognizing that and just saying hey man go out and ball <laughs> <laughs> and so i think those uh, that's where his strengths lie and if you can put him in a situation to do that great uh if not at the same time this is the 905 this is an opportunity for development and so if you can improve uh, you know, those uh, play calling skills,
1: then you're going to become that much more valuable to a team. Let's go to big Ron. I like Ron Harper jr. He's fun. He's kind of ground bound. He seems to have a pretty good understanding of how basketball is played. One of 10 last night, one of six from deep. Uh, is it ever going to happen for big Ron? He's been better than that over the course of this season. Uh, it should be said he's averaging nearly 18 a game. Um, you know, not shooting terribly well from three, but you know, he, he's got some stuff to his game, you know, son of an NBA player. He's got a head on his shoulders. Clearly, is it ever happening for my boy, big Ron, or, or is he kind of doomed to a G league life forever?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, I think the problem with Ron is that he's kind of just okay at a lot of things right yeah and that's where when you see all those different flashes you're like oh okay you know there's something here uh but i think to really crack that nba level you have to have that one bankable skill right it's like hey this thing is gonna get you on the court no matter what and then if the other stuff pops we've got you know now we're cooking so (laughs) I, i think that's what ron's problem is but obviously he's a nice player um he's a capable g league player uh, beyond that i have my doubts and uh you know i think in general uh i will say the refereeing was bad last night like sure. some of the calls were just absolutely ridiculous but i think as, league, as you might expect in the g league from time to time it's, <laughs> it's, it's the G League, league for, for the refs too <laughs> it's the g league for everyone absolutely and so uh i think uh when you're losing as well and you're 0 and seven all of that feels like it's just compounding uh, on on you and so i think there were a lot of guys showing frustration uh there was a bit of a melee at the end um some frustration over uh your favorite topic over whether or not to uh you know score another point
1: oh god Uh, i can't believe i tweeted that yesterday Uh, i can't believe anyone cared about me tweeting about the twitter sucks what are we doing uh so yeah there were there's like g league showcase
2: implications Uh, Mm -hmm. and so um the 905 were not too pleased that the Go Go were trying to score uh, on the last possession of the game i mean that's just not
1: understanding the rules if point differential (laughs) is a thing play to the damn whistle like why like what is the problem with this why can no one seem to get their heads around the concept of, oh, we're not going to pack it in and just like hang it up for the last three minutes of a game? Like, oh, God.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, boy so yeah, I think Ron Harper it was like one of the those guys who, who kind of got caught up with the refs pretty much all night. Um, hmm. And there was one point where he was definitely trying to get a tech. Uh, I won't repeat <laughs> some of the things that he said. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think – Uh, with him, yeah, just an okay player, but you need that one skill
1: that pops to really make it to the next level. I'm growing my acceptance that it's not going to happen for Big Ron, and uh, it's very upsetting. Really, shouting Big Ron is a really fun thing to do. I don't know, it'd be really great if he could just like come in and bury some triples. Uh, Marquise Noel, Obi Simmons has some, you know, pop to
2: him. I I think watching him, I was like, hey, this is an interesting guard, and I think he's got some, uh, nice hesitation moves nice reads Um, and I think that he's someone that I'll be kind of paying more attention to as we go down the line here Um, and uh, obviously he's been hurt being hurt has been part of the theme for the 905 obviously we want to see uh, Marquise Noel healthy Um, Mm -hmm. shouts to Mohamedou Gay, like trying to dunk absolutely everything
1: that's what Uh, we love about him he's a gunner (laughs) but for dunks rocks (laughs) There was one I was like, that was never gonna happen. But <laughs>
2: <Right.
1: laughs> for trying, um, yeah. Five blocks too. Lo- lo- love Muhammadou Gay. Just a total maniac player. Again, probably not an NBA guy. But hey, if his one bankable skill is dunks, uh, maybe uh, maybe there's a room that's like the most valuable shot in basketball. Maybe there's an <laughs> avenue there for a boy Muhammadou Gay. Um, Yeah, we can quickly hit on Marquis Snow. Obviously been injured. Hard to get a really read on what he does. But, uh, you know, there's no expectation he's going to be a contributor at the NBA level this season, I wouldn't think. Uh, They just kind of want him to run the show down there and kind of set the table for everybody, correct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, only got into four games so far, which is half the season, 16 points, eight and a half assists. Uh, And I think, you know, you're kind of getting from him what you expected. But, again, it's been a whack-a-mole ro- roster in terms of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like one guy comes back, another guy gets hurt, and one guy comes back, another guy gets hurt, and that's kind of been the theme of the season so far. So uh, it'll be nice to see everyone healthy for a bit, uh, and I'm sure uh, that'll help uh, relieve Eric Corey's stress level, at least a mm-hmm. little bit. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, with Marquise, you know, let let him pop down there. Um, let him run the offense and then if an opportunity happens to present itself uh, looking more and more unlikely obviously you would have seen the case of Malachi Flynn just continued from where he was you know last
1: season but Mm -hmm. that has not been the case Uh, and so do we call Malachi Flynn a G League success story now as a guy who's played G League games and is looking (laughs) like an NBA player does he count is he part of the pipeline is it back I think uh, I think he's a new coach success story. <laughs> nah, you're no fun. <laughs> oh, um, man. Maybe they don't need a 9-to-5 development pipeline anymore. They got the Darko touch. Uh, everyone will just like hit the Raptors roster and figure out new limits they can. Yeah. Make. How do
2: we get Darko coaching both teams? Maybe that's what needs to happen.
1: Is he, is he available? Like, <laughs> what's, what's the time frame like? Is the schedule lined up travel wise? We'll see. Yeah. Darko riding the bus in between charter flights would be uh, (laughs) just just a little sicko. He's like, I love basketball. What can I say? (laughs) Love the hoop. Uh, We're going to leave it there. We love the big V on this podcast. I mean, he loves hands.
2: There's more hands available in the 905.
1: (laughs) The jazz hands. Uh, (laughs) We'll leave it there. Vivek, we love you, buddy. Thanks for coming on the show and offering your uh, intel on 905 as someone who keeps a pretty close eye on things down there. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there?
2: yeah look i mean we we shouted out lizette but my number one spot in mississauga is chili chicken house that's the food that you can have um so shouts to them i'm regular there so much love to them
1: we'll leave it there we've gone too long we'll talk to you again after the nets game wednesday morning and uh break it all down for you as the raptors look to play spoiler in the in-season tournament and hopefully run up the score a whole bunch and make everybody very mad because uh, they're babies who can't grasp uh, you know, a four-game change in the different cadence of the NBA. Uh, my God. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging.
2: Hey, Prime members.